0: nice are we live we're live on the ltd podcast tony and dakota hey could you let us
1: introduce it (laughs) (laughs) all right guys welcome to the tony and dakota podcast we're here with a special guest tony's gonna introduce him
2: this is jordan wildman we've become good friends over the course of the last year year and a half uh jordan uh, well, probably two years ago now. Jordan's a realtor, a property manager for uh, Open Door Rentals and Real Estate, and a real estate investor. He owns some multifamily property here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, our friend
0: Jordan Wildman. Whoa. Hello. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Are you excited? Dude, so pumped. It's always always great time with the, with the LTD boys. Yes, sir. Cool. So we'll get started. I uh, I want to share a, a quick story.
2: So Jordan uh, messaged me and said, hey, do you want to get coffee sometime? And I was like, well, yeah, sure. Uh, so we sat down for coffee and he uh, started talking to me about real estate. And he's like, man, I love what you guys are doing. And I was like, oh, okay, that that's cool. Like, thanks, man. And he was like, yeah. I was like, so what do you want? And I... I couldn't figure out what he wanted and then uh, I waited until the middle of the conversation and then the end of the conversation we probably spent an hour together I never figured out what Jordan wanted I found out that he's a really nice guy he's probably the kindest nicest realtor in Fort Wayne but he was just building that relationship Uh, so uh, Jordan um, why are you
0: so nice Just see who I am, man. I just, I don't, I don't see any other way. Like I, I've lived my entire life just like, I'm always going to be positive. I'm going to find a positive in every situation that I can. I'm not always going to be freaking perfect, but like, I'm going to figure it out. Like, and I just know like inherently there's good in everybody. And I, I love finding that. So like, take us back.
2: I think it was, how many years ago was it that you worked at Costco? When did you leave Costco?
0: Yeah. Um I left Costco a little over yeah, the start of twenty twenty, right before COVID really like ramped off. Uh so uh the thing that really like allowed me to quit my my W two job was uh I signed on uh out of state investor. He had thirty four properties all at once. Um so that that was just like a big kick to um like all right, it's time to do it. In we property had, management. In right? property management, yeah. Um, and I, I like had worked a little bit uh, before that as a realtor and I'd made, a, made quite a few sales. I, my first like uh, couple months, I sold like 1.3 million worth of real estate. So um, I think my first like actual income as an agent, I made about 40 grand, which is what I was making at Costco. So like that was super good. Um, Did you do that while you're working at Costco? Yeah. So it was crazy. I, uh, I was working full time at Costco. Got my real estate license uh, because of my managing broker. Um, I was at the local Fort Wayne real estate investor group. It was, and she was like, "Dude, like you have the perfect personality to be a real estate agent. Like you need to get in this business." And I was like, "All right, well let's do it." So, and I got coffee with her. So I don't know, coffee is just a good medium, I guess, to meet <laughs> people. But, uh, yeah, no, it was just, uh, it was crazy. So like, and then like. Last year was my first full calendar year as an agent, and I sold 57 transactions as a single agent, no assistant, nothing. And meanwhile, my fiance's a nurse. We're house hacking this freaking triplex in Waynedale. Like, uh, it was just crazy. Like, I just knew, like, as soon as I became self-employed, it was like the gates finally opened. Um, because, like, for years, like, before I worked at Costco, like, I was a butcher at Meyer for over five years, and I fought so hard every day to, to get promoted. Like, they'd say, like, do one, two, three, and we'll promote you. I'd do freaking one through ten. Do ABC, we'll promote you. I, I did the whole alphabet, and I would just, I would fight fight so hard. I did ten grand openings with the company just fighting to, to advance in life. And uh, wh- I finally actually got promoted at Meyer and I realized, like, I don't want to work for this company anymore. Like... I felt like I uh, felt like I had a better opportunity at Costco at that point because like the ceiling was so much higher, right? So like you can make three times the amount of money at Costco, considerably better benefits, and it's not. There's nothing wrong with Meyer. I bought my first house at 21 because of that company, and I, you know, not to speak bad about it at all. Uh, but it's crazy. Like I started working through Costco and realized that you're still under the corporate ladder, like. Even if it's a better company, as long as you're working for somebody else, you're always going to be limited what they view in you, most likely, what what potential and within that framework is allowable for you to succeed. Um, so, but yeah, I became licensed and like the rest has been history. Like I've, I've been able to grow a real estate portfolio and really like I think in the next six months I'll be fully financially free. Um, and then I just really will get to pick whatever I want with my life, which is... I
1: want that for everyone Wow yeah you made me want to go in depth now on something that you just said um, so you said that uh, basically if you're working for somebody else that you're gonna be limited um, on like you know what they have for you in your life so mm. you're starting to get some employees now yep. and starting to hire people so like is that the same for you or are you making adjustments you're like okay like Am I gonna make a shift for these people that mm-hmm. way? Like now they're not in the same thing. Like, what are you doing to kind of like counteract that problem that you see with like most corporate America or whatever? Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's interesting you say that because if if one subtle thing I said in there was like within the framework of that business, um, you know, if, when you think of like these big companies like Costco, you know, Meijer, like you know, whatever Walmart, like there is a corporate structure there, and I feel like. One thing that I appreciate like about your guys' business is like you really empower your people to succeed, and and you actually reward your people based on success, um, and that's that's a metric that I definitely think is really important in business. You, you if you can um, motivate your people to succeed and they get reward from the company doing better, I I think that's a big win, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> If, if it's structured properly and I, you know, I'm still a newer business owner, so I'm, I'm learning as well, but I totally agree. Like if you can, if you can set up your business so that it rewards people to succeed and to grow the business. And like one thing that you say that I have really adopted and really admire is it shouldn't matter what the person above you is making as long as you are providing the value. And you're making the money that you want to make, even if they're making ten times what you're making. As long as you are proud and happy with who you are and what value you're creating, I think that's a great company. I like it. What,
2: what made you really want to do real estate? So you left the secure thing. You had, a, you got a degree in business, right?
0: I've never been to college. I had like.
2: Oh, I forgot that tech on there. Okay. So you had yeah. a little bit of college education. And then your your mom was in real estate a little bit. Mm. And yep. what what how did you learn about real estate and what made you decide that real estate was the right fit? And what made you want to leave this the more secure thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, like making thirty grand a year just wasn't like the ticket. Um, 30, 40 grand a year. I knew that I wanted to live a bigger life and I saw that working as a W two employee, at least in the industry that I was, what I was doing, like that, w- it was going to be a very slow game, and I wanted more, and I wanted it quicker, and I, I was willing to go get it. Um, what got me into real estate, I guess, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I've, I've kind of been blessed in a way. Um, how I grew up, like, I didn't meet my real dad till I was sixteen when he came in my life, uh, he had, he had just gotten out of prison from like 10 years. Um, he'd been on the run for a long time before that lived under two different, like dead Marines names, like crazy crap. Right. But, uh, he ended up buying two houses on land contract across the street from Indiana tech, which is a, which is a college here in town in the Oh three, which is a zip code, uh, four, six, eight Oh three predominantly kind of a, lesser and it's actually like the lowest income zip code in the state of Fort, or city of Fort Wayne um but Indiana Tech was doing a lot they're building a lot around there they're really trying to expand their college so like right in that little pocket of the o3 like is actually halfway decent so he bought two houses right across the street from the college on land contract from this lady and uh we ended up like remodeling them and he kind of helped show me how to do some of that stuff which was which was really valuable at the time, uh, really taught me like a little, little like snippet of what being an entrepreneur and self-employed is. Right. Um, but we ended up renting out the rooms to college students, um, like 400 per bedroom or whatever it was at the time. I don't remember, but, um, so I had, I got to help with collecting some of the rent and I just got to see like, man, like he's making good money on this. Um, so that was like a little snippet. Plus my mom, she owned a a triplex when I was a kid uh, in West Central. They actually house hacked it when my real father was around when I was like two. Um, And then she has, uh, she had my child at home on Wilt Street, which is on West Central as well. Um, She owned that for a long time. And then uh, some things happened and uh, they ended up, they ended up losing the property. And She actually helped me get it back via uh, the statutory rate of redemption which is like when you um, lose your property to tax sale like because of the back taxes being due Um, the original owner has one year from the date of it selling it at tax sale to redeem the property for the back taxes so uh, because of the way the whole situation worked out um, i was able to buy the property for the back taxes and then they deeded me the property so um, my first actual investment property that I bought, I bought for two thousand dollars. Wow! Um, On Will Street, yeah, that's like a higher end area for folks who don't know Fort Wayne. Yeah, um, it's probably worth if I if it was remodeled, gets gutted to the studs right now. But if fully remodeled, it's it's probably worth close to three hundred grand right now. But it's directly next to a massive redevelopment project called Electric Works. Um, it's a the it's gonna be big city center, really cool industrial site. Um, yeah. But you still haven't finished it yet? No, it's got into the studs right now, so. So how much are you going to sell it to us for? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dakota wanted to flip it, but I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah, after I saw it, I was like, I
2: don't know if I want to. Have you, have you done any flips? That was kind of one of my questions. Like, do you ever flip or have you done a flip? It seems like you started getting things ready to flip, and then right when they're about ready to flip, you're like, uh, I'm just going to keep it.
0: I just want to keep everything, honestly. Like, uh, the only things that I have not kept are like basically whole deals. Um, I've done, I think, three whole deals now. Um, one of them was with a uh, out of state investor that I manage her properties. She started doing some off market uh, seller marketing here. She got a deal, um, and we tried to sell it and assign the contract, but we had a cash buyer back out last second, or just, just fall off the face of the earth. You guys know how that is. But, um, so we actually ended up just closing on that and we listed ourselves. And so we, we both made like, uh, eight or nine grand, um, from a hotel deal, which was great. Um, the, the buyer had to switch lenders in the middle of the process, like, because the, the tenant was running a daycare out of the place. So it was just a disaster, but like, we got it closed in like 60 days. And, you know, I mean, honestly, like, Making an eight or nine grand on a wholesale per partner, like that's pretty good. We basically had a $20,000 fee, um, which is pretty good. Um, you know, other than that, uh, I, I really am focused on just buy and hold. Um, at this point, I, I don't really have like a real strong like internal contractor group yet. Like for me personally, um, I have some handyman and that sort of thing, but like... Um, I don't know. I just, I, it hasn't been my market. It hasn't been what I've been looking for. Like, I've been looking for like brick five plexes because I own two and under contract for a third one and like uh, just multifamily. Like, I'm just really looking to build the cash flow at this point. How many uh,
2: properties do you have? And then how many
0: units total? So I have um, one, two, three, four. Uh, yeah, I, I have four properties, plus, 17 your personal,
2: plus your personal residence.
0: Oh, I'm not including that. That's five. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then five, how many units? Six. I have six in total. I have 17 doors, not including my personal right now. Awesome. Um, but we're under contract for 22 that's closing in the next month, which is really crazy. Like, so by the end of the year, we'll be at 39 doors, which is, it's insane. It's like a dream,
2: really you do for the viewers, you do a lot of short term rentals with those units Uh, Mm -hmm. of the 17. How many are short term rentals? And then what is your cash flow What's your monthly cash flow?
0: So we actually, uh, in the, in the last several months just started doing short term. Um, currently our mix is four of those units are short term. Three of them are furnished. One of them is not furnished short term. Uh, we actually rented to a traveling nurse for five months. Um, on a what would be a one-bedroom for around 800 a month uh, at 1100 a month unfurnished for five months, but the rest of them uh, just just on the short term alone, it's cash flowing about just shy of seven grand a month in those four units, um, which is really good. I think our net right now in our current portfolio is around 7500 a month. And that's a f- figuring like, you know, like the 50% rule, that sort of thing, somewhere right around there, which is which is awesome because like really in less than two years, we I've been able to take all the money that I've made, like not even all of it, but a good percentage of my realtor income bought a couple really good deals that allowed me to really scale forward. Um, and we have fully replaced my fiance's income as a nurse. And so now she quit her nursing job and she's doing real estate too. And she's actually managing all of our short-term rentals. So, uh, it's, it's really a privilege. Like I
1: love real estate. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I would want to go back to what got you to make that jump. I mean, I know we already talked about yeah. it a little bit, but like, you know, you were doing both at the same time. So like, was it scary for you to actually leave? Or at that point, since you were actually like, you know, making the same amount of money, like this is a no brainer for me. Was Or did you still feel that fear? Because that, that's where I feel like a lot of people are at. I hear so many people that ask Tony and I all the time, mm-hmm. how do I get into real estate? How do I start doing this? Or when do I go full time? And then there's people like Bo Shind- Schindel mm-hmm. um, who are still have a full time job. Um, and I'm and just owns a like, hundred and three an apartment building. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, he is doing very well, um, but what I would, what I wanted to ask him actually was, I was like, dude, like, how much more could you be doing? I'm not saying that what you're yep. doing is like not like huge and bigger than everybody else, but how much more could you be doing if you didn't have the other job? Is the real question. So um, the main one is like, did you have that fear still, or uh, what were you feeling before you I, left? I,
0: man, that's such a good question. I feel like honestly. By that point, I'd been fighting so hard for seven years to get a break, like to really like get into management or like really move up in life. And, uh, I was just ready. Like, I I really like, yeah, there was some, some resistance. There was some fear, like, you know, like, oh man, I'm giving up my job, my insurance, like all these things. But Um, we fought really hard for a long time. It's pretty much just been Ruby and I since we were 19. Like we, we've had to figure everything out almost all on our own. Like we've had, we pretty much, I mean, figured out everything financially on our own and everything. Like we, we fought really hard for a long time. We got her her through nursing school and, um, you know, she was making around four, four grand a month, which was really good for us at the time. Um, so I knew I had that income, like that was going to help support us. Like, you know, I, I would work two full-time jobs, any given time to help get her through school. And once she got hers, then I went and got mine. Like then she supported me through it. And one thing that we did that, like, I think has made us different is we actually got Ruby's dream house. Like. We got a good deal on it. It had a pool, it had a hot tub, two pergolas, a really nice deck, fully remodeled copper, freaking hammered sink in the kitchen, butcher block countertops. And we got it for such a steal. And I don't know how I convinced this woman to sell that freaking house, but I was like, listen, we need to go house hack a triplex. We need to go house hack a fourplex, duplex, whatever we can find to like take a small step back to take a huge leap forward. Um, and after like months of searching, like in Fort Wayne is the multifamily scene here is nowhere near as generous of like Chicago, you know, in Indianapolis, like multifamily is actually pretty hard to find here, especially purpose-built. Mm-hmm. Um, most multifamily here is chopped up houses, that big old houses that were chopped up into four or five apartments, whatever. Um, but we finally found this triplex <laughs> that the lady had owned for over, like 30 years and she was smoked in her apartment. And uh, we bought this place uh, on an FHA loan three and a half percent down and this was right like when the rates dropped. So we got a triplex at 2.75 percent interest rate for 30 year fixed. Wow for basically six grand down. So uh, and we made um, we got to live in that really nice house for almost a year for free because the equity had gone up and we made like 11 grand selling it wow. um, which wasn't much, but, we got to live in a really nice house for almost a year for free. We moved into a shitty triplex, uh, fixed it up, fixed up our unit, got had the other two units rented. So we, we it was paying our living expenses. Um, so we just really positioned ourselves to like have as little risk as possible. There's always gonna be risk and you have to be willing to take it if you wanna move anywhere in your life, I think. But she was working her nursing job, so we were making more than enough money to support our bills. And we reduced our bills significantly. Both of our cars were paid off and we still own those cars. Like we haven't even to this day gotten new cars yet. Cause like, it's just a bill we're not ready for yet. Like we just, we're trying to keep expenses where they are so we can scale quickly. Did you have any reserves? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Cause I was starting to make good money from, uh, selling real estate. Um, and we made a little bit of money from the sale of the house. So, yeah, I mean, I probably had, like, three months worth of reserves at the time. Nice. Um, But also, like, the property management business was scaling up a little. So I was replacing what was my W-2 income with that property management income at the time, too. So, But the, the thing was, like, I was selling so much real estate that, like, I was making more money than I was ever going to make, you know, right. working where I was. So, um. It's just changed my whole perception of money and everything. So like, I guess the takeaway from that is like, if you have fear, audit what your expenses are, audit how much money you have and like how long you can survive to make a move, to make a shift, to take a risk and get honest about it. Like maybe that means you downsize. Maybe that means you sell the shit that isn't actually serving you. And reduce your lifestyle so that you can make a pivot for a bigger vision, for a bigger goal, for, like, your dreams. <laughs> right. Right? Like, get honest about what's important for you and your family. And then the little shit doesn't matter. Right. It's important, and it, it, it hurts in the moment. But, like, looking back, like, Ruby w- was kicking and screaming the whole way through living in that triplex. And I don't blame her. I, 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 I was, too. But... Now we have a a 4,000-square-foot house, and it's beautiful. And that same triplex pays for that house. Wow. So small step back to take a big leap forward. What uh,
2: is your process of finding deals? So Jordan uh, usually uh, is known for his relationships with uh, folks who have owned properties for a really long time. We might need his help to get some... uh, other uh, high level real estate investors on this podcast. And uh, what does it look like when you're looking for deals? Is it just straight referral? Or do you do something outside of that? How do you find your deals?
0: Yeah, man, I, I think honestly, to this point, I've just been super blessed with the relationships I've built here. Like, um, I I have never paid for leads as an agent or as an investor. I've, I've never... I've never done any marketing tactics, really. Like I've just like, like what I did with you, like I genuinely connected to just build a relationship to see where it went and like what came out of that. And sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, I had a great talk and got some value out of it and then that was it. But like what it's created for like us, like you guys are like some of my best friends. I admire everything you're doing. It pushes me to be a better man. And I know I try to do the same thing for you guys. And what came out of that initially, like you guys listed a property with me before you had your license. Like I took that as a huge compliment, a privilege, like, and I was so grateful for it. And then you guys even sold me a triplex for below market value that I'm going to make really good money on in the future. Right? Like it's all relationships for me. Um, You know, like really the deal that was the most defining for me, like Bo Shindell, like that we were talking about, he seller financed me, a super rough fiveplex that had just been in a fire fully condemned half the roof had been missing for months it had been raining in the building like no utilities on completely vacant and that deal alone is what's going to make me a millionaire and it's all from relationships honestly now what i will say i think from a scalability standpoint like eventually you need to start targeting off-market sellers on your own so like i i have a great friend of mine that he's cold calling now, like we're partnering and we're going to do some off-market stuff ourselves, Right. Um, But that's also going to create a lot of cash flow to go buy more deals too. Right. So.
2: Do you have a relationship building script like, hey, Bob, do you want to get coffee? Is that just your one line that you've used like a thousand times? Just like, (laughs) hey, do you want to get coffee?
0: That's just it. That's the whole script. No, I've (laughs) never used a script, man. (laughs) I just, I've always played it by ear. I mean, I guess I could get you know, real technical with it. But like, I think if, if you just come from a place of genuine authenticity, like people are gonna see that. And if you come from a place of like, how can I add value to you? How can I, how can I better what's going on in your life? How can we just work together to both win? Like, I, I don't, I don't know how you can say no to that. And, and especially if it's from, from a genuine place, right? What would you say is your biggest struggle right now? Hmm. Trying to trying to scale up and build a bigger vision is probably my biggest one right now. Because like I know I'm doing really good things, I know I've built some fantastic relationships, but what's next? Like, and how do I get there? Like, that's 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 the biggest thing for me right now. And just really like working backwards from that. Um, so that's, you know, so I've, I've hired some coaching, like, you know, I'm, uh, just always trying to get with people that are 10 levels above me. Like, um, I think it, I think it's Ty Lopez that says this, but, uh, I was talking to uh, Brad Noel. He's a big real estate agent here in town today. Um, and I've talked with Austin Chevron several times. Like both these guys are giants in town. Like they're beasts, they're killing it. Um, but one thing that- We
2: have a spot for you in EXP if you want to- ah. <laughs> Shout out TXP. You can go under Dakota.
0: <laughs> Austin Chevron might be upset with that.
2: <laughs> oh no. no, you'd still you'd still be in the in his. Oh,
0: I'm bad. still in. I'm locked in. Um, I lost what I was gonna say. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, no, yeah. So like, it's like the 33 principle. Like, mm. give 33 of your time to people below you, people that that view you where you are as where they want to go. Right? Like you helping people, you giving, you, you bringing other people up, give 33% of your time to the people at your level, the people that are going to cheer you on, the people that are with you through the journey, the people that you can share in the wins with the people that you can freaking help each other out if you need to. And then 33% of your time to the people above you, the people that are where you want to go, the people that inspire you, the people that you're like, man, that's where I need to be. Right. So that I I just feel like for me personally, what I'm struggling with is like really identifying what that next 33% is for me, because like I have like the middle 33% super dialed in. I have amazing guys in my life that just really inspire me that we push each other. We're super transparent with everything we're doing and we're all winning. Like we're all doing really well. And I'm super grateful for that because that alone leveraged will allow us to get to that next 33%. Um, but, and I, even, even us doing stuff like this allows the the lower, the people below us that don't, and they're not even below us, but that haven't done this. that want to do this. Um, yeah.
2: Some inspiration,
0: some inspiration. Dakota's like, (laughs) that's Uh, funny.
2: What is your favorite best or most interesting failure? Is there, is there a failure that like really pushed you? Or, wow. or that you like pivoted from after it happened where you're like, man, this failure set me back and like really hurt, but ultimately it ended up being something that.
0: Mm. Man, I feel like I probably have a couple, honestly. Um, I'll, I'll try to get through them quick, but like the triplex alone felt like a failure in the moment because we were really miserable living there. Like we, we were just the layout of our unit, we lived in wayndale which is like in the middle of like nowhere but within the city like it it takes 15 minutes to get out of wayndale and that's if there isn't a train and there's a lot of trains in wayndale so i mean it sometimes it takes 30 minutes just to get out of wayndale um and when you're a realtor driving all over town doing 57 deals a year like you need to freaking be able to get places and when you can it sucks and when all your friends live on the north side of town like it's like it sucks like so i don't know and during that time that like it, it did feel from an environment perspective like a failure um and it's not meant to detract anybody from from house hacking i would really recommend it because living or, or, living, in say, or <laughs> living in wayne i would Dale. say like Dale, if anything see ya but uh i don't know i I
1: realized. We got kind of properties coming up in Waynedale. Don't say that. Jordan's we'll like,
0: manage them.
2: Jordan's <laughs> advice. We'll just take. We'll just take a little snippet from this. It's just uh, Jordan Wildman says, "Do not live in Waynedale under any circumstances.
0: <laughs> Screw that place. <laughs> Goodbye. Especially if you're living literally right behind the train tracks because they're so active. Oh my gosh, our house would literally be like." shaking because the train tracks literally were at the end of our dude, that's, not Dakota that, that's how
1: Dakota grew up bro yeah we got another property that we have actually we just got under contract uh, this morning Um, that's right by our uh, train track and yeah you get used to it man like, <sighs> I, I got, didn't even notice it like dude I would sleep through the night I didn't even notice a train after a while Wow, well, when you're 20 feet from it, I don't I, know. I was.
0: I hey, <laughs> Ruby's a light sleeper, I slept through it, but I'm not saying it was easy, though. Like, it sucked, because the problem with Wayndale is, to get through the town, the train tracks literally cut it off. So, and they're running every 20 minutes, and wow. so, like, you're just stopped. And a lot of times, in the middle of the night, they would just stop in the middle of the town, like, right in the track, so you can't even get around the dang thing. So I don't know that sucked and it made me realize how important your environment is both not only like, you know, they say the five people you spend the most time with that is your net worth, who you are as a person, like that, that is a reflection of you. Um, but like also where you live, like what you surround yourself with because it all finds a way to bleed in. It all will just, just (laughs) over time and, and force of will, um, outside of that, just trying to get around the building department. (laughs) <laughs> like when I was doing my first uh fiveplex, I had to deal with commercial building inspectors, I had to deal with neighborhood code, I had to deal with uh just all kinds of things uh that I didn't know. And I was just trying to fix up this fiveplex and got a stop work order on it. And then from that point, like building department here in Allen County is pretty strict, like they made my life a living hell. uh, and it took me nine months to fully remodel that building. But the only reason I got through that is because of like relationships I had built. Like, I was so grateful for uh, this one Amish contractor that we actually manage properties for. His name's Steve Graber. Um, he builds new homes here, he does remodeling, and he's an investor himself. Like, he went and like talked to the building commissioner for me, like, pulled the permits and like saved my ass. Like, I was screwed if I couldn't get that building going. Um, and he, he really saved me. And I really feel like if you put out good value in the world, like it does find a way back. It really does. And it's not that you're ever asking for it, but like, I'm just so grateful for, for the good people in my life.
1: One thing I was going to say is. If you look at that and you like want to make sure that mic is on this side of you if you can. Um, okay. Yeah. Technical difficulties. There you go. How about that? Yeah. that is that you, better? That way you can see your entire face. How's that? Oh, that yeah. That's that's better thirty two I mean, my- <laughs> minutes into the podcast. <laughs> nah, We're you, professionals here. Yeah, most of it you could see pretty well, but then you started getting real into the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Into
2: the into the podcast. I just want
0: good audio quality.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be good.
2: Uh, what has influenced your life the most for the better? Hmm.
0: My friends. I uh, started 2020. Like I, uh, you know, like I, I'd, I think I'd already started a good relationship with you and subsequently with Dakota, but Jimmy, uh, one of your guys' friends that I randomly worked out with, with you at a Planet Fitness once, and met him, and he's just like, my God, this guy's like a Greek god. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just like like you guys, Jimmy, Bobby Klein, um, Bo, like all these just super good people within this industry, like, um, I'm just so grateful for you guys, 100%. Like, if you find good people in your life like hold on to them and like make sure you show up for them and like i always want to make sure i'm doing that like we all went to a men's leadership seminar it's called psi personal success institute it's the final event we spent like over eight days off the grid completely off the grid like no cell phone service went hiking in the mountains by ourselves doing all kinds of crazy stuff and like i just like know the loyalty of brotherhood is it's powerful, and I just want to serve my friends as the best that I can for the rest of my life because I know they're going to do the same. And if 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 your friends aren't doing that for you, like, you need to be honest about it. Like, really, really care about the guys that are, and gals that are in your life. You really need to care about that because it makes a difference, and it'll really help you level up. And just like you're going to do the same for them.
1: Yeah. So, how would you find? uh, people like that. Like, how do you get in those groups? You know, you talk about the 33% below you, 33%, the same level, 33% above. How do you, uh, find those 33% above and, uh, get in the room with them?
0: I just think you, you gotta be willing to put it out. Like it really is true. Like whatever you put in the universe, whatever you put out to God, whatever you put out, however you view it, like it will come back it will come back. And especially if you just give it from a place of genuine authenticity and like from a place of giving, how can I add value? How can I help? How can I be creating better things with you? How, you know, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help? Like if you, if you live from that place and you're grateful for it, like it just, it will come.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say is uh, a lot of times people reach out to us a lot and it, it sometimes feels more like, what can I take? Um, what can I get from this person? Like, what, what can I get? What's the value? And, you know, like, uh, it's getting to the point now where we're, we're, we're pretty busy. Um, and it's like, it's, if you want to meet with us, you're taking time away from our family, away from our business, away from our friends, away from like self-development. So our time is pretty important to us at this point. Now. Um, we always want to give back. We always want to help other people, but, uh, yeah, I think that, If you are going to try to get to the group above you, you definitely need to make sure that you are actually wanting to do it from a win-win where you can actually help them. And a lot of times, you know, like Jordan said, like you want to be there. Hey, how can I help you? But at the same time, like I I heard Adam actually, uh, Adam Beckstead talk about it last night. You don't just want to be there. Hey, how can I help? Hey, what can I do for you? Hey, I want to work for you. What can I do? It's like, dude, now I have to find a solution. I like that. For, yeah, for, for like a problem that I don't even know if I have. Yeah. Um, so now you're making me take more like brain capacity and like time um, trying to find a place for you whenever you're just like, instead of you saying, hey, I have this valuable thing, mm. I can bring it to you. And I just, you know, I just wanna help. Um, Here's what I can do for you. And then in the meantime, they're gonna learn. And uh, yeah, I think that's how we actually uh, kinda, I mean, I reached out to Andrew. Uh, more than Andrew reached out to us, actually he filled out an application, but uh, it was more like that. Like, I think that Andrew's gotten a lot more value um, just from being around us. And he learned Mm -hmm. a lot more about real estate. But then at the same time, it started off with, hey, like I'm going to start off as a sales guy, 100% commission and I'm going to like get you some deals which is going to make me money and make you more money but at the same time it was more like providing a service for us yep. and he's getting so much more than just the money. He's actually getting a lot more value there but uh yeah, th- I just think it's important to um, make sure that you're bringing the value for the people especially when they're in that top level. Yep. Like even with us with Ryan, like now we're doing uh the the um, accountability calls. So it's like, okay, like we are trying to provide him a service. We get something back for it. But uh, yeah, I think it's very important to be of value to those people who are uh, in the step above you. And like, man, always be there for them and help them. Like, you know, Jay has helped us a lot. And Jay we're always, Redding. Yeah. So yeah. we always want to like make sure anything he needs or like anything like that, we're like, we will give him special treatment and deals because of uh, like what he's done to help us. And he's definitely like, in that stage above us where he helps everybody too. So yeah. Yeah. I want
0: to touch on two things. Oh yeah. yeah, I want to touch on two things. Like what Adam, Adam said, like is really true. Like be very clear on what your value is. Get very honest with yourself of like, what am I bringing to the table? What I'm I'm not going to be good at everything ever. Like there's, that's, that's the value of partnering with people. That's the value of networking. That's the value of doing self development because you're never going to be perfect at everything. But like there's something that all of us have in us that is that is our unique factor, the, the thing that's like, this is my special sauce. And if you can get really clear and honest about that, then it doesn't matter what group you're going into, like you're going to be able to provide value if you're confident about it and you really believe in yourself. Yeah. That's that's definitely where it starts. <laughs> and then to the other point, what you were saying about Jay Redding, that made me think of Mike Anderson. Uh, when I was first talking to him, like as an agent, he saw that I was running and killing it. And even Cole and young, both of these are, uh, both of these are like, uh, long landlords in Fort Wayne. Like they've built up massive portfolios over their time. And like, I truly do view them as mentors because like they're where I want to be or like, or at some capacity or maybe more, I don't know. But, um, they said like, Hey, like I've built a relationship with you now and you're on my team, not every day, but when I need you, I know I can call you because I've provided value to you. And so you're on my team, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. And, and that's, and I, Jay's on your team and you're on Jay's team, right? Yep. Like, it doesn't mean you have to work together. It doesn't mean you're doing every deal together, but like, I know, like, hey, if I need help closing a deal, I can call Tony and Dakota and they're going to help me figure it out. Right. And we'll both make money. Yeah. But that, even even if I make a slice of the pie, a
1: slice of a pie is a hell of a better than none. Yeah. So you talked about a, a secret sauce that everybody has. What would you say your secret sauce is? is like when you bring to your people that are high level. I knew you were gonna ask that. That's funny. Uh, I really
0: like believe like my ability to network with people is really fantastic. Like I really am good at building genuine rapport with people very quickly. Um, and, and creating really good relationships and finding that person that is, is going to really help. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I really do feel like I'm good at that or like creating the connection. Like I am a connector. I know that about myself. Like even, uh, Bobby Klein will make fun of me. Like we were coming back from size seven, the life success course, and we were in the airport and I made a connection with some freaking people that make movies and you know, like they live out in Vegas and all this cool stuff. Like I just like, that's, that's an avenue now. That wasn't there before and I'm I have no shame in just like putting myself in the world and just being like hey like let's let's freaking see if we can do something together
1: how how would you verbalize that let's say you're coming and you wanted to be like uh like let's just say you know we're Ryan Pineda we're like some big guy like how would you verbalize that if you're coming up and like you're like man I really want to like you know help you out how would you say hey I'm good at networking or would you literally just say that I love that that's good um I think what I would do first, like,
0: at least with the Ryan Panetta thing in particular, like, I listened to your guys' podcast with him today. Like, he was saying, like, I'm so busy now. Like, if you want to connect with me, like, you got to do the golfing thing. Like, he, yeah. you can pay to golf with him, yeah. right? Like, so you got you to gotta be honest. Like, how can I actually approach this person in the first place? Uh, because we're all busy, and, and it gets your time from a perception standpoint, I would I would figure it gets more valuable the more busy you get, the bigger you get, the higher your income level becomes, the more service you're bringing to the world, right? Um, so I would say like find what that avenue is to actually get a hold of them. And, and maybe if it's like they have a staff member, like you build a good relationship with them um, because like I would argue most people are likable. I would argue most people have good to offer to the world. And so like it's just finding that good angle And then seeing where the opportunities lie, because there's opportunities everywhere. Like I think all of us view from an abundance mindset, there's always opportunities. So just finding, finding the opportunity is the biggest thing.
2: That's some of the I had some notes here. I feel like I'm gonna go Andy Frasello on the viewers for a second, <laughs> but that that's so annoying to me when uh, somebody will reach out to me and I over deliver on value that nobody asked for. So I'll just start giving them all of this like knowledge, <laughs> like do this, then do this, do do this, and they're they're listening to me and they're messaging me back, and I'm delivering, and then I'm like, also we have this course coming out, and they're like, nah, yeah, I don't really have money for that. But like, like you say, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to, uh, like a $1,000 is gonna move, if it's gonna move your life ahead significantly, the $1,000 that you spend to like be in the networking group or to pay for the course or, yeah, like join the group, stay for at least a year and don't expect anything. Like Mm -hmm. be seen and heard, ask great questions and pay a little bit of money. Like, yep. stop being so freaking cheap because that that money belief is what's limiting you from becoming the best version of yourself. Like, a lot of the paid stuff is actually really good. Yeah. Totally it's funny because
1: right. we talked about this in the meeting yesterday. One thing I do want to say on that, though, um, for don't expect anything, I actually disagree with that. I would mm-hmm. say expect to get something out of it. Like, mm-hmm. go into it saying, I'm going to get something out of this and, like, expect that they know the information Um, because I think that going into it thinking like oh you know we'll just see what happens I'm not really sure if it's gonna provide value sometimes it's good it depends on like your thought process so it depends on where you're at but I go into something expecting this is gonna work out when I go into a coaching program we spend a lot of money I'm like hey we are gonna get more value out of this and I actually totally agree with that yeah and most of the time when you tell yourself I'm gonna get the value out of it and you pay a lot of money you will get the value out of it because you paid the money anything that's free I would argue that you are going to pay less attention to it. Um, Tony and I are in uh, Arate and um, I've heard so much of Andy Priscilla and so much of Ed Milette that everything that we're listening to is honestly just a repeat of something they said earlier. They might be saying it a different way and they might be narrowing it down a little bit more but it's all repeated. But since we spent $5,500 a piece on it, guess what? Now I'm taking notes and now I'm expecting to get something out of it. So now I'm like, we need to put this into action to make sure that this makes us more than the $11,000 that we spent. And that's basically what we talked about yesterday. And the entire thing is like, sometimes it is better to spend the money to get in front of people to actually learn this stuff because it makes you that much more likely to actually do it. I was I was more thinking like, um, just
2: wanted to clarify with like a gr- a networking group, uh, would you say that you expect things from like individuals in that group, like other than the lead- leadership? Cause I like typically if I don't know other people, I'm like, I don't know who's going to be the person that I'm going to connect with necessarily. And so that's why I go into things like a networking situation being like, eh, I don't, don't know. expect anything out of it. Yeah, well, don't expect anything from anyone in particular. Yeah. But like just be there, listen, take notes, try to like, Attract people by asking Mm -hmm. great questions, connecting with people afterwards. Yeah.
1: Don't expect anybody to just do business with you because you're in the same group. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I want to
0: say something too like, uh, spending money on like self development, because I I have a limiting belief with money. I I used to. I I still do. It's there, but like, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to. Like, now, like, anything with like self development, I'm like, I don't even care. I'll spend the money. Like, Mm because I just know that I'm the best. ROI that I can ever spend my money on. And I would argue anybody that wants to pay for self-development, that's totally the truth. Like, you are your best investment. But, like, the seminars, like, we've went to, I have very clearly seen people that go to them, they spend the money, they're there for seven days or eight days, whatever whatever they are, like, going through hard shit and struggling through, the, through them, like getting some value, but like not fully all in committed. Like I'm going to get value out of this. I am choosing to change my life through this medium. Right. And I I will say like the money does help. Like when you spend 20 grand on self-development, that's a lot of money, you know, like now, like I'm at a point where it doesn't feel as scary because my income level's gone up, but it's still there. Your income level went up because of that. I think, I think it will. Yeah. I, I think it has, and I think it will how continue much, to. How much money do you think you spent on self development this year so far? I mean, yeah, probably twenty, thirty thousand. Okay. Which I think
1: needs to go up. Yeah, I know. I actually I heard Drew say something very interesting yesterday. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting limiting belief that you just said there. That you didn't even <laughs> realize that you said. Um, he said, I spent thirty thousand dollars a year, or this year on self development. And you know, am I gonna do this forever? No, I'm gonna eventually not do it anymore. It's like, why? Yeah. If you're telling us that it works and that it made you that much more money, why would you ever stop spending money on self-development? If anything, I would want to spend more, more. Yeah, and Adam
0: said was saying he's like he spends 20 grand a year just to have access to yeah. like a multifamily group and he's like, I'm gonna spend that for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. It's just like if you're spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year and you're getting a five time ROI. Why would you ever want to eliminate that? Even if you're like, well, I got the knowledge now. It's like, cool. Like how much more could you do it? And then something else that I did want to point out that they talked about actually yesterday. And yesterday we're talking about the real estate investor meeting. It's the first Wednesday of every month at the Mike Thomas off Coldwater. So if you guys are interested, it's completely free. Um, and it's one of the best group of investors in town, I would say. Now you're here talking to one Fort of the co-hosts. Wayne. Yeah, and we in Indiana. Yeah, this is one of our uh, co-hosts right here. Uh, Jordan is actually uh, co-hosting there and uh, interviewed last night. So, um, but what we talked about was um now I freaking lost my train of thought. Uh, we talked about What I... did we talk about? <laughs> so many things. Scaling was a yeah. big thing. It was it was more about the 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 groups though like getting in the the actual groups but never mind I lost mm. it I, I went too far into it sending out that plug for the forward group
0: um yeah because like Adam had said like you know I'll spend the 20 grand for the rest of my life just to be a part of that yeah I don't know if that gives well, it to you but
2: I think something that uh, is significant for me just that I've gotten from personal development in general like some of the stuff we do is to be a better human And I feel like that's created a better relationship with me and Dakota and me and my friends and the way that I just show up in relationships with my friends because um, just like I am less of an asshole now than I used (laughs) to be like, you know, three years ago. And uh, I feel like that ends up being worth it because you still have a business after four years. Like yeah. people get divorced, people, you know, stop doing business together, and it's like that has, that has just as much of an effect too. Like just being able to still be around, being able to communicate better, being uh, better uh, with new people that you meet. Like you raise your frequency, and you mm-hmm. like uh, I was talking with somebody uh, about this the other day, where uh, you know they say that uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And it's like, well, if that. you, if you don't have the right frequency, when you meet the person who you could have connected with, who like took you to a new level, like yeah. if you aren't that person yet, then luck didn't happen because you weren't prepared. Like you didn't do the personal development stuff that was going to raise your you frequency and work. turn you into the person that you needed to be at that moment.
0: I mean, I totally agree. I think like even me now starting to co-host the RIA meeting, like I feel like the work that I've done in the last two years and especially the self-development stuff is what's allowed this to happen. Like the, the two actual co-hosts of that group are titans. Like they are incredible men doing really inspiring things and like the opportunity that I have to even be at that table is really um, incredible. And like, you know, like I was going to say, like, it's not always just a money thing. Like, it's just because like you're spending 20 grand does not mean, even if you don't get $100,000 out of that, if you get deeper, fulfilled relationships, if you become more in tune with yourself, your vision and where you're actually going, it's well worth it. It's not always just the monetary, I would argue like the lifestyle that can come with you investing in yourself, the, just the, the relationships you can have, like in your purpose, like having a really fulfilled life because you're willing to put in the work in yourself. It's really worth it. And if, if, if like, if anybody can get anything out of this call, like invest in yourself because you're worth it.
2: So, uh, we got two ending questions. Uh, Dakota wanted me to ask a, a second one, uh, because it does have a diff- a little bit different impact. So, uh, if you could have a billboard with your message to the world, it's going to be like Times Square. It's going to be big. Lots of people are going to see it. Millions of people are going to see it. What is the one message that you would give to the world?
0: Oh man, that's, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah (laughs) it it would be something along the lines of become the best you you can so you can give the most to the world i really feel like there's nothing more fulfilling in the world than giving and seeing what reaps from that like really like if you're able to empower somebody and you see them grow like i don't know that there's anything better than that like if you see somebody go living a bountiful life like Like, I mean, even, uh, within my own company, like I've tried really hard to give to, uh, my assistant and like, I see the times that like, he really appreciates it, appreciates it. I see in my own relationship how like I've helped create a good life for us and how my fiance is becoming a a boss, you know, a, you know, uh, (laughs) and like, you know, like we were at the re-meeting last night and I saw her and she was dressed up kind of formally. She had a cool coat on. She was talking about real estate with some people that are friends of ours that were past clients that want to get into it. And like, it was just really cool to see her doing that. Like, I'm so proud of her to be able to quit her nursing career and, and to pursue this dream with me, like to be able, I, but like, I've helped create all that. And, and like, one thing they teach in the PSI events is like to think is to create and we really can create whatever life we want to live. But part of that is you prepping, you putting in the work to create your own luck. So it, it would, yeah, it would be something like just fight like hell because you have a responsibility to become the best version of yourself so you can advance mankind. So you can advance your fellow man, your fellow woman, and just, we can all raise the consciousness and frequency of
1: humanity. You got me. You got me One to ask another question. I was going to lead us completely off topic. I'm ready. <laughs> we can do it. So you said something there, um, that made me think a lot about this podcast. I was, to. it is Aubrey Marcus. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a very spiritual guy. Um, but dude, it was, uh, basically he was talking about his, um, girlfriend And they were, he's like, he's like, dude, I think I like this woman. I think I love her and all this other stuff. And like, he thought that it was like, you know, the one. And then one time, um, he, she came in and like, she was like, you know, talking about her ayahuasca experience and all this other stuff. And like, he's very into that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so basically she was just like, you know, like, Hey, look at this one thing that I did. And he's just like, wow, babe, like, that's so awesome. Um but it was more about what he wanted for her. And she was like looking at him more like, you know, hey, am I, am I good enough? Am I doing mm-hmm. what you want and stuff? And so like, do you ever feel like uh, in your relationship you sometimes will like have them do or like, you know, whenever you're trying to help that person find out what they want in their life, like just by helping them to get to the next level, do you sometimes feel like you push
0: your own agenda, yeah. your like, own
1: like, hey, this is what I think you should do with your life. Or how do you balance that? Like, here's what I'm doing. And it's working. What do you want to do with your life? Or do you feel like sometimes you do that, like, not just in a relationship, but within individuals, because I see myself doing that a lot. And it's like, super hard whenever, like, you know, if somebody's doing something, I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's what's best for your life, you know what I mean? But who am I to say what's best for their life? Um mm. Cause that's always the hard line is like, how do I help this person get to the next level, but also make sure that it's where they want to go and not me pushing myself on them.
0: I think ultimately it's their responsibility. I think you're going to do the best job that you can to see their value. And through your own experiences, you're going to show them what's possible from what you've done because you've been there and you've seen where you went. Right? Um, but no, I, I definitely think like I've influenced uh, Ruby's decision to leave nursing. I think um, I think it was really a distraction to what our vision is and what we're trying to build. Um, and and who knows, maybe someday I won't be a real estate agent. Who knows if she will be someday. Like, But like for now, we found something that allows us to add massive value to other people's lives and, and in return make great money which we have reinvested into real estate that has created a foundation of passive income um, that will allow us to do whatever we want with our lives.
1: Right, yeah, I feel like as men, um, it's just so easy for us to convince other people of what we think is right. Just because mm-hmm. is what you said there just all sounds so good. It does. You know what I mean? You're just like, hey, it this feels is logical. Too. Yeah, and it makes sense. Yeah. But then it's like, is that really what we want um, so that's, I don't know. That's what I always feel like is like, sometimes I, I, I feel like I'm very, I'm very convincing because what I say makes sense. It's very logical. And sometimes it's what I want. Sometimes I think I might convince myself of what I want. And I'm like lying to myself because once mm. I get it, I'm like, dang, this isn't what I want in the first place. But yeah, I just feel like in relationships a lot, I see men like, hey, this is what we should do. And they kind of convince the woman more because it makes logical sense, but it's really not what the woman wants. And so I don't know, I see myself do that a lot. And then, you know, I put that expectation on the relationship Mm and to where the woman feels like, am I good enough? Am Mm -hmm. I good enough? Am I good enough yet? Hey, am I doing what you want? Like, and I'm just like, man, like, I I don't know. I just never want to uh, make somebody feel like that. And I feel like I definitely do that on accident instead of just letting that person like be the best person that they can be you know yeah it's and
0: like, I, I i would say like that's why the self-development is so important and, and it's even if you're in a relationship like you're still two individuals and you have to retain that you have to retain your identity as a person even when you have kids i don't have kids so i probably should be talking about it but like when you have kids like my aunt and uncle i really admire them because like they stay true to their relationship because that's what created that family. Right. A lot of people get lost in living through their children, but I I think that's the backwards way to do it. Like you have to continually advance who you are as a person, so that you can inspire your children to be more. Right. Because they're going to pick up on what you're doing. It's generational. It's it's just you know eighty percent of your programs and belief systems are put in you for, by from ages zero to age six, right. and that's all learned from what your parents did. Yeah. Right. So um, I think there's nothing wrong with influencing people from a positive, genuine perspective, but it's ultimately up to that person to choose and to hear their own inner voice and believe in themselves. And sometimes that takes self-investment. Like, you know, like the last men's leadership seminar we went to, like, I realized like I can be a really good freaking leader if I actually trust my inner voice and put it out there. Yeah, because people will listen to me like I I do speak well. I I come from a place of authenticity and and genuine love and care. Like it's not meant to be selfish. It's like that those are good traits of a leader. If you put it out, if you go drive it right so. But like that's up to the other person in the relationship, too. And, And I would say like in my relationship, yeah, Ruby is coming into something that I'm I've built and she it just makes logical sense for us to do it. But that's her choice. Right. She is a very independent woman. She is very smart and she's she's a hard ass Latina. Like <laughs> she's going to do what the hell she wants to do. Yep. And I respect that. Um is it challenging at times? Yeah, but I'd rather it be challenging that we can work through it and create something better, but really the key is being honest what the vision is and what we're both moving towards that's greater than ourselves greater than our relationship um and and the rest will will figure itself out because then the little
1: things don't matter as much i like it yeah so the other question i think it's the same question but tony thinks it's different
2: well, I think, I, think, I think that Jordan's, Jordan's uh, answer will be the same, but I think
1: previous people's answers would not be the same. We'll see if we get a little bit different of an answer. Uh, so the question is, if you had a billboard and it is the last thing that you are ever going to be able to say to the world, it's, the, it's it, you're gone, you're dead, this is the only thing that will be up there, Like, what would that billboard say?
2: Or like 60 years from now, you're on your deathbed. You have one more day. This is your legacy.
1: It doesn't have to be. Understand
0: <laughs> Understand that you are perfect just as you are and perfect as you are becoming. What does that mean? It's from uh, the uh, Path to Liberty book um, by uh, Mr. Wilhide. Uh, who who started the PSI seminars? Uh, it's in the book of Mastermind, um, which basically talks about there's three levels. There's your conscious mind, there's your subconscious mind, and your superconscious. The superconscious it's one plus one equals three. So when your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are in alignment, it allows an opportunity for your superconscious to come into play, or like the universe, your vision. God, whatever, like it allows something greater than yourself to come into the world. Um, But if if your conscious mind and your subconscious mind aren't in alignment, like you think you're not good enough and the real statement is I am perfect as the way I'm like, I'm not happy with my physical appearance. Like I want a six pack, but I have to be honest with myself and realize what I resist will persist. What I fight becomes true. So the the key to actually making a choice in life is to acknowledge that it's there, accept it for what is. I, I'm very seminar speaking right now, but um, and then you there's nothing left. That's just the truth. That is what is in front of you. This is your actual point A, so you can make a choice. And one thing that I learned from this last seminar, like I need to be willing to accept myself as perfect as I am. Because I am. I am a good man and I mean well in the world and I am doing great things. But I'm I'm gonna be perfect just the way I'm becoming too. Like I'm I'm meant to do great things in the world. And I would always argue there's always more, there's always another level. And it I think it gets more exciting as you go. I, I really believe in that. I think your relationships deepen, the frequencies higher, like the what you can give back to the world is more. Like we all have a responsibility to give more to the world, but it starts. With you, be willing to trust yourself and understand that you are perfect, and you can become more perfect.
1: <laughs> so, I have a hard time conceptualizing that. I'm gonna need you to. I do too. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna need you to elaborate on that a little bit, Mr. Jay Wild. You're perfect as you are. So, w- the first thing that comes to mind when I think of that would be, uh, um, well, it's it's it'd be a long thing for me to explain all of it. But I, I believe in Calvinism. Uh, um, a sense mm. of like, you know, we're basically imperfect humans, um, which is the gist of it, you know, and we need a savior because of our imperfection. So how do you conceptualize the two things? Because you're a Christian as well. So how do you conceptualize the the fact of being perfect? Or is it more of like a being okay with yourself or like, I, I, want, I, I don't want to put words in your it's mouth. It's definitely but...
0: like a being okay with yourself, understanding that you don't have all the answers, but uh i i don't think this is going to apply to everybody but you are a christian you very firmly believe in god god is within you you believe he is he is with you therefore you are perfect through your sin jesus has given you savior He's, yeah. he has saved you so enjoy your time on this earth and know that like you have a great place to go and Instead of focusing on the negative and how I could be better, like understand, like, no, I'm going to be better. I, I, but I'm, I'm doing who I am now. Like, I'm proud of who I am.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's always, that's always a hard thing for me to conceptualize. I know, uh, Ed Milet talks about it like, uh, a different aspect, but blissful dissatisfaction. Um, yeah, so basically being happy with where you're at, but being like, you know, like still trying to go for the next part, which is honestly, it's easier to, say than it is to actually do because I struggle with that a lot is like I um,
0: absolutely struggle with it and and the first time I read that like I mean they put us through a lot of really crazy stuff but like I was reading that book and when it said like you are perfect as you are like I literally started crying wow because I definitely have the programs of that you're not enough and you need to you know like I I mean from just from my childhood like you know all of us have a story all of us have things that uh no longer serve us that we've carried with us from our past. Yeah. Um, Even if we don't realize it, but like when I read that, like I definitely, I like started bawling. It's like, I need to love me for me.
1: Right. It is interesting because I do think that a lot of people have like self-confidence issues and a lot of times it comes from, uh, like it comes from other humans and like that, like, you know, wanting to be liked and stuff. So I definitely think that it's important, but it's always hard to actually figure out how to really, help somebody find that place when I don't feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm always like, if I'd said that I'm perfect as I am, I would almost feel inauthentic saying that because Mm -hmm. I don't actually believe it because I'm striving for more. So how do you do both and actually believe it? Like, that's the hard part for me. I don't believe it. If I said that, because I'm like, I am not even close, like to where I want to be. So it's so hard.
2: Yeah. I I came up with some notes. I just thought like, you know there's a time to be critical mm-hmm. and then there's a time not to be critical like not to judge yourself everyone is going to fall short of their human potential and you can acknowledge it but you don't need to dwell on it mm. um you need to dwell on your goals dwell on your dreams dwell on your vision and dwell on uh spiritual connection um to the super conscious that jordan referenced or god if that's what it is for you um, so easy though so easy to get critical <laughs> critical of yourself and, judge and I would yourself. say
0: now more than ever because I mean we live in a digital age I mean now they're calling it the metaverse um, like every, I mean it's the human aspect is really like a beautiful thing like when you're when you spend eight days off the grid you don't have internet access like you really like find what true human connection is and it's a beautiful thing like, like I built some great relationships in a matter of days that like we just live it like it's such a like face value world right now, and like I don't know, I I I love everything you said. Like I think you hit it spot on. Like you can't dwell on your failures because like it's your failures that make you great. If yeah. it if you do with them as as you know, like I I think really the only time you actually fail is when you give up, mm-hmm. and I I think we would all agree with that. But like. It's when you fall that you have the opportunity to get up and learn okay well that's how I fell last time I'm not doing that again yeah you have to acknowledge them for sure yeah,
1: yeah it's, uh, maybe I haven't acknowledged them because honestly I don't feel like I failed a lot so like that was something that I actually got from this last seminar and about you know the whole ring scenario is like man like I feel like I don't take big enough risks even though to the like I look at the outside world, what do they think is a big risk? And as long as I'm doing what they think is a big yeah. risk, then uh, then I'm good. But I'm not doing what I think is a big risk. Um, That's I just, probably why you're not allowed to see yourself as
0: perfect, because your conscious and subconscious are in alignment. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, I think that I haven't failed a whole lot of times. Anything I've set out, I failed in certain things because I had a bigger goal in mind. You know, like yeah. I, I failed in a marriage but it was because I put that on the sideline because I had a different goal that I was going after. So I got my goal. I lost a lot of other stuff. So I guess you could say that I failed at those other things, but that wasn't my main goal. I let everything else go for that. So that's where I struggle a lot is I don't fail at those things, but then I uh, sometimes lose sight of what's actually like what I'm actually going after. What's more important. I just get so focused on the goal. Um, But one other thing that, uh, uh, Tony said that, uh, is interesting is that like you won't ever reach your potential and I don't know if I can believe that because mm. I feel like if I, it's interesting because I like have that belief that like I need to be truthful with myself but at the same time like if I believe that then I will like not want to strive for it as much so I almost choose not to believe that only because I'm like man like that would be horrible for me to believe it like there's no way that I can reach my God-given potential because I do believe um mm that there is potential given in every single human. I do believe that certain people will like not tap into it because of fear whenever you have that. Yeah. Like the fear is like hey, this is like in me and I have the ability but I choose not to. Like I try to always fight against that, but the belief that it like is not possible would be a very scary one for me. I believe it's possible for me to get there, but it does feel like you always fall short. Like everything I've ever done, I always feel like could I have done a little bit more? You know what I mean? Like, could I gave just a little bit more? Mm. Could I have worked out just a little bit harder? Could I have said a little bit more? What could I have done more in that situation? And, you know, I I see that happen with a lot of people who are high achievers. But, like, yeah, that's why it's always hard for me to conceptualize. You're perfect in this moment, but you're also striving for more. Because that's that's just too – it almost feels like opposites, even though I think that it's possible, at least from what I've heard. You should
0: just go read the book read that book a mastermind in there. I it's it's good uh it's I'm a gonna good
1: read. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna read the whole book. We've read, I've read a lot of it now, but yeah. It's I a really good that. book. Well,
2: uh do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with our listeners?
0: Um yeah, I just want to say a uh, big shout out to the LTD guys, Tony and Dakota. Um they're really killing it in this market. Like they're on to really big things and they're really, what they're doing now is going to serve them and their families for a long time, and they're going to play some big games. And so, you know, maybe you have this feeling now, but like, dude, you're going to play some big games. You're going you're, you're gonna to play a significantly bigger game than you're playing now, and hopefully then you feel it more. But uh,
1: make sure you like and subscribe,
0: <laughs> and where, f- follow there.
1: <laughs> share. Yeah. Uh, so where can, uh, where can our listeners find out uh, more about your connect with you?
0: yeah i mean uh you can look me up on facebook uh my cell phone number is 260 498 if you want to hit me up uh, if you want to talk real estate investing mindset whatever you want to do like i'm just here to help if you it.
1: if you use them as a realtor, make sure that you let them know that we referred you, so we can get our twenty five or thirty <laughs> percent, whatever we talk about after the show. Go to the Tony and Dakota <laughs> podcast.
0: Yeah, make sure you put the the code LTD yes. in your referral code. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we gotta um, make sure
1: we get uh, the thirty percent.
0: No, just help these guys gri- help these guys grow because they're the message that they're trying to give here is really a good thing. Like they're bringing good people on and they're really trying to show the value that these people are bringing to the world and, um, they have a lot to give. So help support them through that.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. We always try to, uh, we try to bring on genuine people and ask uh, real questions. And, uh, yeah, the only one that was kind of planned was the one with Logan because we had to do it twice. So all the rest of these are, uh, That's not like, I... uh, we already know the answer. Stream We're just asking of consciousness. Yeah. We're just asking. But, yeah, thanks for coming on, Jordan. We appreciate you. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, share, comment, like, save, love. (laughs) See you guys on the next one. Peace.